Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. another episode of friends with friends my name's pete allison and joining me is amateur keyboard player dave crib <laughs> oh, 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 oh. um yes sure well i should be used to your uh, introductions by now shouldn't i do you like that one you, yeah you make me sound like ross which is i just never want to sound like ross I, I'd no, say no one does no, no one exactly. does um, yes, I did enjoy that one. How, when do you when do you cut with these on the spot, or have you been preparing that one? Uh, no, I, I, I thought of that one yesterday. <laughs> yes, that is fine. Uh, how are you? Apart from your continued sass of me, uh, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Having my bathroom done, Dave. So that's exciting. I saw this on your Instagram, Peter. Yes, yeah. It's, um, it, my Instagram is just full of of photos of of building work. Really, oh god, I find them so like it's annoying because what I find your Instagram at the moment is a bit annoying because it's not satisfying. What I want is the f- before the finish. And then oh, the it's after. coming. Yeah, it's I coming. Know. And then I'll be really. I love that shit. I love watching the before and after of any sort of renovation. It's so yeah. You know when you open up um, Chrome, other browsers are available, yes. and it shows you all the websites that you've been on a lot recently. Uh, <laughs> yes. Mine are literally all just bathroom-related websites. <laughs> it's a real glimpse at how dull my life's been lately. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Well, at least you've got something to keep you occupied in lockdown. That's all that we need, isn't it? Well, exactly. Are you all right? Yeah, fine. Thank you. Just Just got in from a dog walk. Oh, very um, nice. Yes, very uneventful, but uh, just quite warm, isn't it? God, quite warm. Very, it is. The room I'm recording in is very warm. Uh, right, shall we Shall we crack on? Let's hear from this week's person who suggested which episode we should do. <laughs> oh, what a snappy title for them. Hi there. So the one that I really want you to talk about is uh, the one with the videotape. I cannot believe this one has not been done yet because I think it is the best one ever in that it is just perfectly scripted storylines where all the different strands uh, end up coming together at the final moment. And even like seconds before the final climactic joke, you're still not sure how Ross is going to be right. The storylines all come together at the end and within like a couple of seconds, you realize how they are all connected. And it's further uh, funny to me because I was um, actually in Barcelona on Mount Tibidabo 
which is lovely, by the way. And as I was there, I remember this episode and I watched the episode with a bunch of friends while in Barcelona. Uh, my name's Alethea, by the way. I'm a big fan. Hope that you can do this episode. Thanks, Alethea. Um, and also thank you for pronouncing your name for us because yes. uh, we would have, A, definitely got that wrong. And B, we've also, we've already done that in the past, haven't we, with Rianne, where we called her Rianne. And um, we Key difference. cannot apologise enough. So it's lovely to make sure that you say your names in the voice notes and it saves us from mucho embarrassmento. Mucho embarrassmento. Um, given Alethea just said that she's spent a lot of time in Spain, mm. um, she'll be able to understand that, obviously, which uh, if you didn't, yeah. it means much embarrassment. <laughs> Very, thanks for translating. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, this is, of course, Peter, the one with the videotape, which I cannot believe we, we haven't yet done. Good episode. Uh, season 8, episode 4. Alethea's given us uh, the basic overview, but here's the Wikipedia synopsis, uh, in case you haven't watched it recently. Ross and Rachel argue over who initiated their sexual encounter that led to Rachel's pregnancy. Everyone is positive that Ross was the instigator, but Ross claims it was Rachel. To prove it, he reveals how he accidentally videotaped their encounter uh, while he was videotaping himself practising giving a speech. Uh, everyone watches the tape, blah, 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 blah. We'll get onto this in a minute. Meanwhile, while in another bit of the storyline, Monica and Chandler look forward to socialising with another newlywed couple they met on the honeymoon, only to discover the couple has blown them off with a fake phone number. So there you go. There's the Wikipedia synopsis with a little bit of me going blah, blah, blah in the middle. Why does that synopsis keep using the word encounter? <laughs> no oh, yeah. one refers to having sex as an encounter. Yeah, that is such a good point. Did you uh, did you encounter him last night, Pete? Oh, I had a right good encounter at the weekend. <laughs> Don't know what that voice was. It was. Uh, I think I'd, if I had to guess, Pete, that was your heterosexual male voice. <laughs> Impression of a heterosexual. Is that, is that is that was that what it was? I've been practicing. <laughs> it's it's completely flawless. Um, this is so good. I often forget how good season eight is. I think, but there's loads of good bits, and this episode. Uh, like Alethea says, is so well-crafted. The way the whole thing weaves together, even the bloody Monica, Chandler, uh, Jenny and Greg storyline, which for 15 to 18 minutes you think is a complete... It's like, what the, f the fuck are they doing? It's filling some time for the rest of it. But that has a, an important bit at the end, and which we'll come on to. But um, yeah, it's just so, oh, it's just so beautifully done, the ups and downs throughout it, and, and everybody thinking it's Ross, and we finally have the pullback and reveal that it was, in fact, Rachel. But hey, let's, let's not... I mean, I will just talk about the whole episode on my own. Should we work our way through it? Yes, well, uh, should we start with Monica and Chandler? Because they're right at the start of this episode, aren't they? Yeah, so, it's, so there's one bit of this which is crucial to the rest of it. But, you know, apart from that, the rest of it's kind of a bit non, isn't it? So, yeah, right at the start, this is the first bit we get, is Monica and Chandler returning from their honeymoon. And there's like, it's just a, a slightly odd and, dare I say it, uncomfortable as a, a viewer. Just a bit of Monica, a bit of Chandler being really schmaltzy to Monica right at the start of this episode. I hate them being sloppy with each other. Yeah, I mean, we've we've discussed this in the past, haven't we? That Chandler basically loses his personality once yeah, they get loses together. Loses his edge, yeah. Yeah, and um, that's not to say that their loving relationship isn't uh, aspirational and very lovely to see them happy. It's just that it's boring. It's just a bit dull, isn't it? And yeah, so he, she just, they're about to go into their apartment and Chandler just basically does, does a sort of heartfelt 30-second speech. Oh, I love you so much. I can't wait to spend the rest of our lives together. And... 
all we really get in response to that is Monica going, so you're sticking with a shell necklace, are you? Which he's wearing from the honeymoon. They're also, their friends make a very big deal of them coming home from holiday. <laughs> well, well, there's two things about this that I noticed. One is, and, and this might be, and I've, I, I don't know if I've ever seen the extended episode of this, because I've seen a lot of the extended episodes of the earlier ones when they're on telly, but all the sort of DVD cuts of the later ones, I'm not sure how many I've seen. But it feels like Phoebe and Joey are trying to distract Monica and Chandler. Do you know what I mean? So they come into the hall, they make a big deal of them, and then they pull them into Joey's apartment with their suitcases. Maybe there's a payoff from, you know, when they went on the honeymoon, they had to break down the door um, because of the, inverted commas, gas leak. Do you remember that? Yeah. But it's almost like there's something in Monica and Chandler's apartment they don't want them to see. And they're like, oh, pull it in, come in. And then we just never get any of that because the credits play and then we're just into the normal episode. And the whole gas leak thing never comes back, does it? No, no, no. No. Secondly, you are right. They make a bloody big deal of them coming back from holiday. But here's the question. How long have Monica and Chandler actually been away? Because, and this is my, a bit of, hang on. Oh, there's a pun somewhere here. Forensic. Can see what you're trying there. (laughs) The crucial word, trying. (laughs) We go through this whole Greg and Jenny thing and basically they've given them the wrong number, haven't they? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but they finally get through to them at the end by doing their own forensic investigations, by finding the phone number in the book or whatever. And they arrange to meet up on January the 15th. Now, the way Monica says it, it doesn't sound like January the 15th is like loads in the future, right? Sounds sure. like it's in a couple of weeks, maybe two or three weeks. Their wedding was in May. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is... It is possible to go on a honeymoon quite far after your wedding, but crucially, that that hasn't happened here in the plotting of friends. No, right. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's some wild, wild structuring. That is, wild chronology. So maybe Phoebe and Joey are making a big deal of it because they've been away for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you're back. Yeah, thank goodness. It took us ages to get that gas leak fixed. I do really like Joey and Phoebe in this episode. They're a little alliance. They're a good little team in this episode. But the Monica and Chandler bit, so what, what else happens apart from that? They they try and phone them. They've been wrong-numbered. Um, they're annoyed initially, and then they turn on each other. Then they're annoyed at each other, aren't they? Yeah. Monica asks too many questions. Chandler tells too many jokes. Um, the end. <laughs> like then, then they get through to them and arrange to meet up. And like we never really hear how that went, or why have they even arranged to meet up with them? Because they've clearly tried to be avoiding them. Well, my one problem is that when Monica attempts to phone them the first time, the person who picks up on the other end, it's Adele, isn't it? Mm. Dialed the number, it's Adele. Then later, Monica rings him and gets hold of them. And she says, oh, that's their old number because she's always giving their old number. No, it isn't. It can't be their old number, because if it is, they lived in a deli. <laughs> it's that old number from when they lived in a deli. Yeah, so they are totally getting blown off by them. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, and this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a, I, I guess it feels a bit more Chandler than it does Monica, but it feels quite desperate that they yeah. really still want to hang out with them, even though they're clearly trying to avoid them. You know, even when they do finally get through on the phone, they're like, next weekend, the weekend after, the weekend after that, and they're like, no, we're busy, busy, busy. Do you make do you make friends on holiday? Uh, very, very rarely. Because I would say that I actively try and avoid making friends on holiday. Yeah, the only times I've sort of made friends with people is kind of friends of friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like yeah. if I've been to like 
if I've been in like New York with a mate and their mate lives there, you know, that kind of thing. I don't want to make friends with people. I tell you where I definitely didn't make any friends uh, on holiday deliberately and also because I was just enjoying the wonderful view is when I holidayed, Peter, on Mount Tibidabo. <laughs> Wait, have you actually? Yeah. Yeah, spent, have you actually? Yeah, I spent five days in a hotel on Mount Tibidabo. Oh my god, I feel left out. You did, Alethea did. Yeah, I know. Oh god, it's so nice, mate. It's so nice. It's just. Oh, hang on, I want to Google it. It just looks out over Barcelona. Basically, your view is the entirety of Barcelona and then the sea. Oh, it's so good. Did you know that Mount Tibidabo isn't a mountain? It's it's a fucking hill, isn't it? It's a big hill. Yeah, it's it's not. You can drive up it in about ten minutes. It's not a it's not a mountain by any. It stretch. looks like the. Um, Castle off of Disney World is at the top of it. Oh, so yeah, so behind what was our hotel, about literally about a five minute walk, we were nearly at the summit, and then yeah, behind it is like a fucking wild, creepy European f- fairground slash theme park type thing. Yes, which is, that does look odd. It's really bizarre, but yeah, I've bloody been, mate. Absolutely been. Do you know where I haven't been though? Sadly, the foothills. Didn't really oh, hang out around the foothills. You didn't see a woman crying by a lake. No, nah, I was at the top or I was in the city. None of the, none, nothing in the middle. Wait, how, what? How did you get up it? In a, in, a, in, a, in a taxi. Oh, okay. Makes sense. We got a taxi from the airport and drove up the hill, got to the hotel. Couple of days, got a taxi into town. The end. Cool holiday, bro. <laughs> it was genuinely one of my favourite holidays. It was so lush. Um, but there you go. Good, well, good re- I'll, nice time. I'll send you the recommendation for the hotel, Peter, because I would Cheers. absolutely go back there now. Good to Just know. not with my ex-girlfriend. It is tinged slightly, I'll be honest. Oh, that's sad. It is. Never mind, hey? Play a sting? Let's play quite a sad one. <laughs> next. Next. On to the next bit. Um, okay, so yeah, so the the remainder of most of this is in Monica and Chandler's apartment, isn't it? Yes. We have a little bit of the flashbacks that are in uh, Joey's, and a tiny bit of the flashback is in Ross's apartment. But for the most part, it's basically a bottle episode, isn't it, where they're all in the same apartment? Which makes it great. Which makes it great. We love the bottle episodes, especially during lockdown, when we're all in our own apartments and exactly. can't leave. Um I feel like we should almost have a sound effect for when how often this happens, Pete. But uh, oh, I, no, wait, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, go on. Monica, big word. <laughs> yeah, brother, yeah. sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Inappropriate sibling sexual chat. I also, I feel like there is aside from the fact that Monica is showing too much interest in her the the details of of her brother and her best friend having sex. Mm. It also feels like there's a weird emphasis on the context of when. The baby was conceived. So this like, when someone tells you they're pregnant, you're not like, tell us about the night of conception. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. That doesn't happen, does it? Like it's sort of quite a private moment. You might know with your other half if you're having a baby with somebody. <laughs> but otherwise, don't ask that. When and where did you bang? And uh, <laughs> how long did it last for? And uh, you know who came onto who and all that sort of stuff. And it's yeah, is that that the? I mean, it's the entire framework for the episode, and without it. None of this happens, of course, but it is kind of peculiar, isn't it? Once it's revealed that Ross had it on tape, mm. Phoebe says, I wonder why pervert about something. I can't remember the exact details. And you kind of think, well, you're not really in a position to criticise somebody for being a pervert because you are very enthusiastic to watch the 
end product of them filming themselves having sex. So I think everyone's a bit of a weird perv in this episode. Yeah, including Joey, who like that that does fit with Joey's character. But it I did think back to the you know the Phoebe Ursula porn star episode yes. when Joey's very principled. He's like, no, we're yes, not, not going to watch that. That's our friend Phoebe. But now he's like, ah, it's our two friends, Ross and Rachel. Let's watch them have sex. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, from the sort of first instance where they're like in, interrogating them, then the big reveal, you know, I can show you, I've got it on videotape. This is because everybody, you know, quite rightly thinks that Ross cracked onto Rachel and that's how it all started. That is the more plausible scenario, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then he brings the videotape round. And when that happens, Rachel's about to destroy it. And they all, again, show, like, and again, led by Monica. Monica's response? Yeah. What? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's her response to wanting to watch the video. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to watch this video of your brother? Not, I mean, I presume they were never going to watch the actual sex. But even just, like, Ross isn't uncomfortable enough when they decide to watch the tape. I'd be like, I don't want to watch my sister watching a tape of me chatting someone up and trying to have sex with them, even without watching the actual sex. It's fucking weird. That silence, the brief silence that comes after Ross reveals it's on tape, there's this brilliant silence, even from the audience, that is so good. It sort of hangs in the air while the penny drops with everyone yeah. what he means by the fact it's on tape. Yes, yeah, uh, it's, it's really well done, isn't it? And um, yeah, you're right, because it's such a... It is like before... with. We know the context of it now, and it's called the one with the videotape, obviously, so like you're expecting it. But imagine watching that for the first time. It's such a curveball, like, left-field turn in the series of events, isn't it? To suddenly yeah. be like, they're arguing about a slightly trivial thing, and then, boom, I've got it on tape. And it's like, oh, my fucking God, what's going to happen here? And then when Ross is recording, I, I just had this moment of sort of realising what he was doing at that point. He was in someone else's flat... <laughs> Drinking their wine yeah. alone, yep. flirting with their video camera. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not none of it's normal, is it? Would recording yourself flirting be a useful technique, do you think? It's the bit of the episode that I feel they might have been able to do better at. Like, why was yes. the videotape set up? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, for example, so here's another strange thing. This happens after Ross's date, okay? So Ross has been out, say, for dinner with this woman. Like, we're talking at least 11pm, right? Uh, yeah, very late on. Maybe, maybe 10, 10.30 at a push. Anyway, it goes south. He tries the story. It doesn't work. We, pres- we can only presume that he didn't just cut the date short then and be like, well, if you didn't like the story, you better leave. Yeah. Like, they must have done small talk for a little bit longer. Then Ross goes to Joey's, right? Yeah. After that. So, like, we're nudging on midnight by now. And then Joey... Has to go on a date. <laughs> yes, you're right. He's he off goes out. back out, doesn't he? Yeah. He's off out to start his date at midnight or whatever bloody time it is. After Ross has complete unsuccessfully completed a date. Um there's also that moment when, when Ross goes into Joey's apartment and Joey's just sat in silence reading a cereal box. <laughs> at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean I've probably done things as sort of banal as that during lockdown if i'm honest yeah but he's preparing like he's just preparing for his date uh it's very odd anyway we sort of skipped ahead a bit haven't we so the reason that the reason that this has all gone wrong is because we started the flashback and ross comes to joey and says i've not had sex in six months 
and Joey's response. Again, slightly strangely is to say, don't worry, I've got just the solution. Here's a story that is absolutely guaranteed to make anyone have sex with you. I think many people would say that six months without sex isn't isn't horrendous. Uh, I mean, lockdown, mate. I mean, we well, know exactly. more than more than anything that it's very easy to go for three months without having sex. But um, yeah, just just have a pandemic. Yeah, have a bloody pandemic. But yes, they do make they do make a, a big deal out of uh, them not having sex quite often, don't they? Why is that story so irresistible? Is it just the sort of uh, poetry of it? What's interesting is that they chose to show the whole story. Do you know what I mean? I I would have thought in that sort of situation, normally in a sitcom or a TV show, what they would have probably done is you'd have heard the first line, right? That's all you need for the payoff later with Rachel. And then it would cut away and it would cut back. And you'd never know what the story was. Yeah. And so your brain's like going, trying to work out what the heck, how how could this be so good? But what they've done is tell the whole story, which is, it's an okay story, isn't it? It's not, it's not a classic. I can't see where that story goes to turn it into a sort of really hot, steamy, sexual encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris England, and I'm here to tell you about the Fun Factory podcast, available now on Great Big Owl. Each time, I will be reading a couple of chapters of my novel, The Fun Factory, a historical comedy about the history of comedy, so it will kind of be like a free audiobook, which you can listen to at the gym, or jogging, or at your desk while pretending to do your job, or on the train, without the embarrassment of people seeing you actually reading a book like some kind of SWAT. 
they provide a better explanation for it within the same scene because Joey says that he sets up his camera sometimes and records himself for auditions and right. plays back to himself. Like, it would make perfect sense for Joey to have accidentally left the camera going. It doesn't need the whole Ross trying to flirt thing. It would have been very Joey for Ro- when Ross walked in for Joey and his date to have been filming themselves uh, and then run it had to run into their bedroom and the camera keeps rolling or something yeah, like exactly. that. You know, all of that sort of stuff. Anyway, we're not telling the writers what to do, Pete. They've no. nailed it. It works. It's a bloody great episode. Yes, sorry, um, guys. Yes, yeah, sorry, so, guys. Ross plays it so well, doesn't he? He plays it so well because he knows he's going to be proved right. And he knows that everybody wants to watch the tape. So he's sort of like, guys, it's Rachel's decision. I don't think we should watch it. Which obviously makes her super confident that the tape is going to be, is going to completely vindicate her. And the best thing about this whole thing is that she is adamant all the way through that she'll be vindicated because she doesn't realise the rest of them know the story. It's quite on Rachel for her to have done the chasing. You kind of feel like the more obvious plot would have been for this to be the other way around uh, and Rachel be proved right. It's a bit of a role reversal in in, in Ross sort of being right and Rachel being in the wrong. Right, no, 100%. And, I mean, what is clear from all the... I'm going to use the word encounter again there, Pete. All the encounters Ross and Rachel have in this episode and that they refer to is they really want to bang don't they they were like yes, yeah, they're on yeah. the videotape they really clearly want to have sex they talk about the night they got in their monica and Chandler got engaged and like oh my god i wanted to like this and then right at the end when they decide to watch the tape there's you know they're clearly there's just clearly so much like sexual desire there um and they're dancing around it so much um so which yeah Russ does which Russ does hold his hands up to in the end doesn't he, he sort of says well if you hadn't initiated it then i would have anyway yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's just like, come on, guys. Like, it's not even like it's a new, exciting thing where you're not sure if the other one does want to. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they have this history. Like, just just get on with it, lads. Like, you, you, but it's so, it's very clearly obvious to us all. Um, but yeah, to the reveal. And the reveal is so good. It's one of the best friends moments, I think. It is actually. It's great. Like, the actual moment where, like, it's all built up so well. There's all the bit with Monica's invitations and Rachel fast forwards it really funny Jennifer Aniston face when uh, she starts moaning about Monica on the tape and we see the tape starts to fast forward and it cuts to Rachel with the remote sort of going, let's just skip through this really nice bit. And then the way it builds from Rachel going in about 10 seconds, you're about to see him kiss me and in about five seconds, you're about to see why. And (laughs) when Rachel starts telling the story on that tape, like the camera angle, the reactions, it's all just perfect, isn't it? Like you watch the whole rest of the group go, oh my God, it was Rachel. And Rachel is completely oblivious. It's so well crafted. And that's just the start of this sort of series of brilliant payoffs where everything neatly and quickly gets tied together as well. Yeah, exactly. So that it suddenly quickly becomes apparent that this story that has been seeded earlier in the episode by Joey has somehow found its way to Rachel. Uh, Rachel's completely adamant because she hasn't heard it from one of the friends that it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, who who is this friend you're talking of here, Rachel? This so-called other human that we've never met. Um, and then this is where the whole fake name thing comes back to pay off, isn't it? Because earlier in the episode with bloody Greg and Jenny, 
Phoebe and Joey are sort of like, oh, they're giving you wrong numbers. I bet they're not even their real names. And we get this whole, oh, people don't just give fake names. And we get the Ken Adams, Regina Falange. Um, what's that Falange weird? I was going to say, that's very formal. Regina Falange. It's very British of me. But the uh, great thing about the, the, the first Ken Adams reference is that bit could very easily go over your head at the time because yeah. it's so important to the plot but it's laid down so subtly that it makes that payoff so much better at the end. Yeah, it's the whole reason why that Greg and Jenny storyline, which up until that point, and still at that point when it happens, seems like a, just a weird sideshow that has yeah. no relevance. And that's, yeah, it's so, the craft of that is so good. And then, um, yeah, then when Rachel says, no, my friend heard it from some guy, and Joe goes, some guy? It's like, no, she said his name was Ken Adams. And that moment is just the whole thing. It's just but oh, tied up with a beautiful, sexy bow, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Oh, well Perfect done. frenzing. Well done, friends. And well done, Alethea, for choosing an excellent, excellent episode. Also, I don't think, I don't think muting it ross says do you mind if i mute i don't think that that would make the viewing experience much easier much better sitting there in silence watching yourself have sex with the person that sat next to you on the chair kind of creepy i mean i think you'd totally watch it if you suddenly discovered that there was a tape out of some sort of morbid fascination they have to be very comfortable with each other don't they to even consider watching the tape together which it is plausible because they would be comfortable together they're having a baby together etc etc so you can understand why they'd watch it Uh, no yeah it's it's definitely plausible it is just a real level of comfort you have with a friend or or someone that you've had a relationship with isn't it to be like cool yeah let's just watch that that's cool um but yeah putting on mute is uh i mean it's clearly a production decision isn't it so that friends don't have to have loads of sexy sound effects on top of it but yes exactly that is kind of weird considering we did a whole episode about free porn quite recently like they're not (laughs) averse to that are they um but yeah that is it i think peter we are what a done. great episode. Great episode. I really enjoyed that. That was a bloody riot. Well done, everybody. Um, well done, Alethea, mainly, for choosing it. And um, well done, us. In fact, well done only, Alethea, because <laughs> yeah. she is the only person responsible for us talking about this episode today. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with well done, us. Well done, everybody like who did nothing. Patting ourselves on the back for no reason. You are welcome. Um, that's it uh, do keep your episode requests coming episodes you'd like to talk about we've got quite the backlog now but we will get through them and if you're thinking to yourself oh they don't want to hear my episode I'm just a humble listener well we do because uh, we will get to it eventually and if you've been thinking while listening to Friends of Friends I-, I wonder why they haven't done that episode they should really do that episode well tell us and then we will <laughs> yeah good 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 news good bit of inspirational uh uh, motivational speaking to, to end this episode. Hey, Pete, uh, quick conversation we should probably have off the podcast, but let's just have it on the podcast. When's the next, when are we doing the next quiz? Uh, well, very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, is it next week? I can't remember. We, we sort of half decided, but didn't decide, is it? Sunday the 28th. Sure. Why don't we, uh, let's just plonk it in, eh? Sunday the 28th of June. 8 p.m. You're you're listening to another live Friends with Friends production decision. <laughs> 8 p.m. Is that too late on a Sunday? Should it be a bit earlier? No, that's fine. Yeah, eight. It's eight to like half nine, isn't it? That's fine, isn't it? We can all have a lovely, lovely drink together on a Sunday night. Perfect. And Peter, I'm going to put it in my diary right now. Do it. Can you also send me a reminder? Because otherwise, I forget. <laughs> Friends with quiz is what I've written, which is not what that's, it's called. That's not what it's called. Um, but there you go. Sunday, the 28th of June, 8pm British Summertime. 
please do spread the word because we have a nice time and all of you seem to, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, if you're a podcast listener that hasn't yet done the quiz, come test your knowledge of the friends. Uh, and also don't moan about the fact it's on a Sunday because it was actually a public vote. So don't blame us. Blame democracy. Blame the flawless system of democracy, which has not served us badly at all over the last four years in here, the UK <laughs> or the United States of America. Well done, everybody. Democracy wins again. Bye, Peter. See you next week. Goodbye, David.